great future. We're talking real money. Practically live from somewhere really close to New York, welcome to another exciting edition of the Talking Real Money podcast slash videocast. Hi, everybody. I'm Don McDonald. I'm in Florida. Tom Cock, the other guy you see there, he's in Connecticut. Why is he in Connecticut, you ask? Well, it turns out we've talked about the fact that our firm Vestry is now Vestry by Appella because we're part of Appella Capital, which is a, a bigger firm with offices all over the country, and their headquarters is sort of in Connecticut near Hartford. Sort of. That's not sort of. It is in Connecticut. By the way, I'm here well, because the guy. Of, no, I said sort of near Hartford. The guy sitting behind me told me I had to be here. Right there. Well, That's Josh. So you got to do what boss. he says. He's the I know. CEO. That's why I'm here. I'm glad or maybe you're just there. to catch my first nor'easter or something. I don't know, or whatever it was. Is it your first nor'easter? It was my first. It's kind of yeah. It's oh, that's a exciting big day for, me. for you. Yeah. Mm. Well, we are glad you're here, and uh, we hope that you listen to our podcast on a regular basis because uh, we appreciate you being there. Today, we want to talk about well, you and how you worry. I want to read you a famous quote from a full. A gentleman, a baseball player who turned out to accidentally be a financial philosopher, a guy by the name of Mickey Rivers. And I'm going to quote this pretty much exactly because Jason Zweig did. And so I got to do that. I was Here hoping it, it would be Yogi Berra, but okay. It's clo- Mickey's right. really close to Yogi. Right. Is he? Well, you separated listen to by this several quote. decades. No? Listen to this quote, though, and, and he's channeling Yogi Berra. Okay. Ain't no sense worrying about things you got no control over. Because if you got no control over them, ain't no sense worrying. And it ain't no sense worrying about things you got control over. Because if you got control over them, ain't no sense worrying. It makes sense. You can't control the things you can't control. And if you've got the things you can control under control, you don't need to worry. So therefore... If you do this right, you shouldn't be worrying. So I think what he's saying is stop thinking about the things you can't control and focus on the things you can control. And that's important when it comes to managing your money. Yeah, it really is. And and I think, by the way, control is overrated. Right. And we all, I, <laughs> well, we wait, all wanna, in some ways. It is. I mean, you know, people think that's why I'm a soccer referee because I want to be in control of whatever. Or, you know, you, you know that about me. No surprise there. Wait, wait, wait. Are you claiming you don't need to be in control? <laughs> well, we'll see how that works out. But here's the thing, okay? Because as I flew here yesterday, and I, as you know, I had to. Out of control on an airplane. Con- well, I'm getting to that. Yeah. I mean, I had to go through Washington and it looked like I was going to be on time. And then. Wait a minute. They circled Washington for about a half an hour, I think, maybe to check on my party affiliation. But we finally landed. I barely made the connection, et cetera. I had no control. Zero. I Whatever that plane was going to do, that's what I was going to do. Wait, they, they wouldn't let you into the cockpit and demand that they land immediately, <laughs> sir? <laughs> they would let me anywhere within about 20 feet of the cockpit. But when it comes to investing, yeah, you do not have any control over what the future of markets will look like, right? Uh, Stock, bond, cash, yeah. read, whatever it is. Um, you have very little control about what the sort of economy is going to look like into the future. We certainly hope it in some ways looks like the past, but we don't know. We hope. We hope that all those things we told you to do for many, many years work out, but the future could be dramas- dramatically different. Dramastically, dramatically. different. Like, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I'm trying to shake up our student live studio audience, which we don't have uh, very often. But what about the things you actually can control? Okay. Here's one that you should. 
and many of you do not, and that is how much risk you are taking. I'm lucky because I get to talk to maybe five new people every week that come in with their portfolio and they say, oh, I want a low-cost conservative approach. And it turns out that 90% of their money is in one stock. Not conservative. No, that is not conservative. But you should know always what your stock bond cash position is. You should know and you should know what you're trying to achieve with that money, how much money you're trying to make how much volatility you're willing to accept risk. That is something you can and actually control. And how much volatility you might have to take depending on what you want. Indeed. And most people I, that I talk to do not. Number two is diversification. We've talked about what real diversification is. It is not the Standard & Poor's 500. It's not even the Russell 3000. It really is tens or like 12,000 stocks around the globe, right? U.S., international, big, small, all of those things because- we have no idea over the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years, which ones will be the best ones to own. And I know Don always tells you only buy the stocks that go up. No, wait, we don't that's you. Stocks. Oh, that's me. That's right. All right. Number three. You Here's the thing. You've got to quit confusing us. <laughs> I'm not the only one. Here's something you actually, actually, you can control this one. Yeah. How much you pay others. And again, oh, many yeah. of you are not paying attention. You, we just had a conversation with a, 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 a guy this week, right, who was in the, can I say it, American funds and didn't know the expense ratio of the fund, which was like 70 basis points. Yeah, he was him, in the American funds you know, in his 401k. Yeah, which was less than ideal. He's paying a lot of money that he had no idea. You need to know what you're paying others. And you should try to pay as little as possible. I'll just leave it at that. Here's a fourth one that is really hard. And uh, the emotional part of all this, controlling your emotions. Now, that's so easy to say, right? When markets are good, things are looking positive, right? But when it goes the other way, it's March of 2020 or the fall of 2008. Or for those of you who are really old, you know, like 2001, or you want to go back to 73, 74, when markets go down <laughs> dramatically, you find out about your emotions. Here's an idea. Two things. Number one, I have urged people to do this many times. When markets go down and it's painful, write it down on a piece of paper so that when they go up, you can write another piece of paper that said, I feel horrible then, I feel great today. So you understand your emotions about all this. Number two, we give you a free risk quiz mm -hmm. and you can go learn about yourself around your emotions. But here's the one most of you need and something that Don told you didn't need for many, many years. And that is most people need an advisor to put the plan together to make sure they're properly allocated and to keep you on the straight and narrow. That's the toughest part. Yeah, that is really, um, for a lot of people, a bigger key than I used to think it was. I used to believe that most people could do this on their own, that they had control over their emotions. But one of the biggest problems we have as investors is controlling the emotions when things are great and when things are bad, when, when there are extremes. And in the middle, then we have trouble controlling them because we're looking forward to or thinking about things we can't control, which is what the market is going to do. So that's one of the reasons why we believe it's really important. If you have a portfolio that might be a little messy, if you're not sure about your risk tolerance or risk needs, well, first go take our risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com. But you also might want to take advantage of the fact that we offer our advisors at Vestry by Appella to They're anybody. all sitting behind me. All they're all right there. In fact, I think they're helping people right this very moment. On their computers. You know, it's it. like phone lines are open and they're helping people <laughs> right this moment. Use your credit card. Uh, but we do this, we believe, and we've believed this for a very long time, that everybody deserves help and that they're, they should get it 
and that they shouldn't have to at least initially pay for it unless, of course, you want us to work with you for a very long time. And then it's our job. We should get paid. Uh, so what you can do is just go to vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com, set up an appointment, and you can set up the appointment right there. Or you can call 800-386-3004. It's that easy. I didn't you, get to finish. I had, I had one was more. Was there more? Yeah, there was one more because here's another one I think you actually can I thought have you a did them all. system of control. And that is deciding what you believe about investing. Most well, I believe I should make the most money possible with no risk. That's okay, there you go. So, so you're going to be actively managed. You're going to be in the best crypto. Stuff, yeah. You're going to be in all those risky. Sure. Then you go for it. That's a different podcast. We'll take that one on Sunday. But if you if you have to decide if you yeah you do believe in somebody who can see the future, right? Don and I decided a long time ago we didn't think we'd find that person. So instead, we're going to be diversified. We're going to have the right mix depending on our risk return ratio, and we're going to keep our cost low. That's what we believe. But you need to decide. What wait a minute. Believe. Wait a minute. Weren't all those covered in your previous things? No, they were not covered in my previous. You're accusing me of being repetitive. Well, then I'll Can- tell the same five jokes I've told for the last fifteen years. You will if I, even if I don't ask you to. <laughs> exactly. I just know that will happen. Um, we have another question, by the way, oh, that came in please. at talkingrealmoney.com. Want to remind you, you can call your questions in twenty four seven to eight five five nine three five talk. That's how you get in touch with the show. Or you can type them in or send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. You can record them there. But a lot of people like to type them, which means I have to put on my wisdom glasses. Oh, wisdom. Yeah. That's what I call them. Mm -hmm. It's my pet name for them because reading glasses makes me sound old. Sound? Excuse me? Are you you going to Just read the question. Are you going to be distinctly- Distinctly? (laughs) Distinctly. Uh, 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 argumentative. All right, here we go. I really find your podcast informative, except for today's, and have followed you for a while. And Paul Merriman too. Paul references a two fund approach: one using a target date fund. This is from his new book, I think, based on one point five times your age. What date does one use for target date funds for a retiree? For example, a sixty-year-old who's retired. Times 1.5 suggests using a 90% target date fund. But what year? The current year? 20, 30 years from now? Typically, target date funds are set up for a retirement year. So what date do you use when you're in retirement? Thanks. Ah, that's a great question. And I, and I think you can find more about that at Paul's site if you wanted to go there, the two funds. But yes, and he's advocating, by the way, the target date plus a small cap fund you a u.s small cap value fund i believe so you get some more yes exposure in his to book that. we're talking millions yeah, uh, the exactly. audio version of which is uh, of course narrated by a really fine narrator great talent of all time oh my gosh all right so the if you're already retired i would recommend the 2020 because you're already retired crazy okay. huh because that you retired and now it's oh if you retired in 2020 get the yeah. 2020 why not and then add in the a little bit of small cap value as he said i think it's 90 10 so you're going to get small and i don't know how much difference that's going to make at with just 10 percent added to the uh the target date fund but it might make a little bit here's another idea oh just different take the risk quiz at talkingrealmoney.com then look at what the suggested and this is not exact it's suggested 
what the suggested allocation is, and then look at the 2015, the 2020, the 2030, whatever it might be, and find the one that is closest to that allocation. And what does the 2020, the Vanguard 2020 stock to bond ratio? I imagine now, it's somewhere I, around 60-40 or 50-50, something fairly low risk anyway. I, I did not know you would be asking that. Well, and this so. is one of the issues in a general sense I have with target date funds because they're telling you you're 60 years old, here's what your asset allocation should be. What you're saying, Don, is correct. It should match up more with your emotions, with how much money you're trying to make and with how much volatility you're willing to accept rather than just sort of hitting you with that number. Yeah, because every retiree is not of the same mindset, is not of uh, even necessarily similar risk tolerance. And uh, by the by, that's this is very interesting. The 2020 portfolio is about 45 equity, 55 fixed income. Wow. So you're really stacked into a lot of bonds that aren't going to make, or pardon me, not making you much yeah, at this moment. Me, that haven't made that Haven't much. made much because they're fairly low interest rate. So that's something to think about as well. But uh, that's pretty conservative. And if you're not looking to hit a home run, that's certainly a good portfolio for you. Yeah, because you won't hit a home run with it. No. no. Well, thank you for being with us for our very first ever podcast from Glastonbury, Connecticut. That's correct. During, during the Northeaster, the Nor'easter, I'm sorry. Seems to calm it down ain't a no bit Northeaster, it's Nor. It's a little, is, is it calm down a little? It's, I, I barely see any wind out there. and uh, It's all in this room. Most of the advisors here are asleep now, so I wouldn't know. Okay. Thank you all so much for being a part of our little get together. We really appreciate you being there. If you get a chance, tell a friend or a thousand. Uh, do you have a thousand friends? If you do, yes, please. Do something on Facebook to like click with us or something. I don't know how that works, but you do. Use that Facebook like button or something. Do something positive. Help us out. Build the the audience because there are a lot of really garbage podcasts up there that have bigger audience than ours. And so we really depend on you to help build that. So thanks for being there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for saying nice things about us. Thanks for telling your friends. We'll be back again really, really soon, like maybe tomorrow with another episode because Tom and I are strange people. All we do is sit around talking real money. that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.